from the first epistle of St. Peter, chapter 2. Dearly beloved, for to you this has been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, no guile was found on his lips. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he trusted him to him to he trusted to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but you have now returned to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. From the Holy Gospel according to St. John chapter 10. At that time, Jesus said to the Pharisees, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. But as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will heed my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. The sanctuary lamp burns this week in loving memory of Miranda Bro. The second collection is for the Priest Retirement Fund. Tomorrow, Monday, the April the 19th, is our next meeting for the consecration to St. Joseph. Uh, the meeting is held at 545 in the cafeteria. A number of the youth from our parish will be making their confirmation here next Saturday, April the 24th. We ask you certainly to keep them in your prayers this week. This Holy Mass is being offered for Cameron Grigsby. In the traditional calendar, as the readings, of course, lend themselves to today, we have the fact of Good Shepherd Sunday, that Sunday where we acknowledge the fact that our blessed Lord comes to us to lay down his life for us, the sheep. Indeed, he draws the parallel between the, the Pharisees, uh, speaking to the Pharisees, um, between the hirelings uh, and the good shepherds, the ones who actually own the sheep rather than are simply uh, getting a little wage on the side on account of watching over them for a bit. Indeed, that the hireling, when he sees the wolf, flees because he's not willing to pay the price for something that's not his own. He simply cuts his losses and goes. But the shepherd, a good shepherd especially, loves his sheep, and he's willing to lay down his life for them, willing to fight for them, continue to guard them and watch over them, to protect them from the evils of the world around them, the wolves. Indeed, our blessed Lord comes to us as the good shepherd, the shepherd and bishop of our souls, as St. Peter tells us, the one who is there to guide us, 
to eternal life, to lead us to drink deeply from the waters that pour forth from his most sacred heart, who nourishes us with the wonderful bread of life in the Eucharist, who indeed leads us to the green pastures of heaven in the end. It is Christ who comes to do these things for us. And in this we can have certainty, surety, trusting in our blessed Lord. He who knows what it is indeed to be a sheep as he stands as one silently, as a sheep before the shepherd, before the shearers rather, um, in his own judgment. He knows what it is to have taken on our flesh, to experience the temptations and the wolves just as we. And so he comes to stand in our place, the good shepherd, guiding our souls. The unfortunate thing for us, though, as Christians, is that Christ left his church to us. Indeed, we have the good shepherd of our Lord, but he didn't leave us a fully formed church. He didn't leave us a fully formed structure. He didn't leave us a fully formed and written out catechism of the church. He didn't give us a lot of things that we might like to have had. He also gave us earthly shepherds on that same note of things we might not like to have. He has given us men who care for the flock, the Holy Father, the bishops of the church, and even in the local setting, the pastor. To them he has entrusted the offices of himself, the three munera, the three duties of the office of the ordained, to teach, to sanctify, to shepherd, docendi, sanctificandi, regendi. These three duties are entrusted to the shepherds of the church as indeed duties, obligations, things which one must take up lest he lose his own soul. It is to this that we ask our blessed Lord to pour his Holy Spirit and increase in the life of the church to increase within the hearts of his shepherds the willingness to follow after our Lord more and more closely, especially in these three offices. It is easy for us sometimes to be critical of our shepherds, to look upon them and to be armchair theologians, armchair pastors in so many senses, to be able to look and to, to simply critique that it's they are uh, not bold enough, they're not clear enough, they're not traditional enough, they're not this enough or that enough. And it can be easy for us to distance ourselves from the shepherds of the church. A temptation many face, even the ordained. A temptation simply not to listen anymore or to go one's own way. There's a tradition we certainly see present in the life of the church. But unfortunately, when that inclination is followed, very often one finds oneself separated. Luther, Zwingli, Henry, these names of individuals who sought to pull themselves away from the shepherds on account of seeking a better shepherd, seeking one who would be more clear in his teaching, more bold in his condemnation of sin. And so they went away to make of themselves their own shepherds, much like the people of Israel went away from the Lord God on the mountain to create them for themselves a golden calf. The temptation is always present. 
but the invitation for us in those places where one might find a reason to be critical of the shepherd is to seek instead to pray. The reality is that prayer is a thing that our shepherds need most today, and I would include myself in that number again as a pastor. It is a difficult world in which we live, and difficult times in which to try to manage so many things. Indeed, so many things in the catechism are very clear. The practical application and the ordinary things of daily life sometimes can be quite a challenge. And so the shepherds need the prayers of the faithful, the prayers of the church. Indeed, a brother priest of mine has often been known to speak at various churches where he may travel uh, to give a parish mission or to cover for a week, cover weekend masses. And he will remind the faithful that if you want good homilies, you should pray for the homilist. If you want a holy pastor, pray for him. Indeed, that's the reality of the life of the Christ in the church. That St. John Vianney, when he desired, when he went to his parish and found that it was being used for the atheist meetings for his community, he began to be convicted to pray for them. And often he was found with tears, kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament, praying, My God, my God, convert my parish. The pastor must pray for his flock, but the flock must also pray for their pastor. That indeed, one might be bold enough to follow after Christ and not simply to give in to the ways of the world. To pray that the shepherds of the church might indeed, with holy boldness, enlivened by the Holy Spirit, teach and sanctify and shepherd as Christ, the Good Shepherd, has given as an example. An opportunity for us today to rejoice in God's goodness, to rejoice in the fact of the shepherds of the church which have been entrusted with care for all of us, to pray for them, pray for me, indeed, and to turn to our Lord in profound trust, that even when things do not seem as we might like, when things are not in the manner in which we might like our shepherd to be, it does not nonetheless take away his authority as our shepherd. As our blessed Lord would speak elsewhere of the Pharisees in St. Matthew's Gospel, indeed they sit upon the chair of Moses, so listen to them, they have authority, but don't do what they do. <laughs> they don't practice what they preach. So many ways for us today to be able to look to our shepherds and to be attentive to their words, but most importantly, to look to Jesus Christ for an example of how it is that we ought to live our lives how we ought to indeed be shepherd of the good, she good sheep of the good shepherd. We might follow more closely our Lord into the heaven that awaits.